All right, everybody, welcome to Live Courageously, podcast show number five of 2022, and the 21st show since I started Live Courageously in 20, uh, uh, excuse me, of 2023, and the 21st show since I started in 2022. So Live Courageously has been the conscious theme of my life for the last two years since the beginning of the pandemic in 19, 2020, and an unconscious theme for most of my life. If you haven't seen the previous 20 podcasts, with some of my amazing friends sharing their powerful stories of overcoming all odds and going on to live the best life they can, you can watch them on my John Duffy Live Courageously YouTube channel. This show is about faith over fear. Fear is just a reaction, but courage is a choice. And I suggest you consciously choose courage every time to get through life and to deal with whatever life may throw at you in the future. Someone posted about the six types of courage, and let me share them quickly with you. The six types of courage, physical courage, to keep going with resiliency, social courage, to be yourself unapologetically, moral courage, go, doing the right thing even when it's uncomfortable or unpopular, emotional courage, feeling all your emotions, uh, uh, positive and negative, without guilt or attachment, intellectual courage, to learn, unlearn, and relearn, and have an open and flexible mind, and spiritual courage, living with purpose and meaning. So that's just a, a quick idea of some of the types of courage that I suggest, and um, it would serve you well to find a way to adopt uh, all of them in your life. And so let me introduce you today to my good brother, Tony Rodriguez. At the young age of six, he immigrated from Portugal to, to the U.S. He faced many difficult situations growing up. Besides the obvious language barrier, Tony was brought up in a very strict and very abusive household. He had very little freedom growing up and feeling overwhelmed. He struggled with the desire to fit in. At one point in his teens, he faced depression and thought of suicide. And all this uh, changed on his 18th birthday when he faced death and experienced a life-altering uh, experience, out-of-body experience after having a massive car accident. He soon realized and appreciated his gift with his new God-given gift of a new life. Tony decided shortly thereafter that he was going to experience everything that life had to offer and he, as he nearly died without having lived, he determined if he was going to die tomorrow, he would live today. Um, pretty powerful stuff. Being afraid of heights translated into skydiving. Being afraid of deep water and being a non-swimmer translated into doing scuba diving. So life is to be experienced, savored, lived, and not just survived. And Tony has always been an entrepreneur and entrepreneurial when he started in the real estate industry straight out of high school. And over the last 32 years, he has successfully started, owned, and run several businesses, including a real estate brokerage, construction development, an investment company, a sports bar, and a restaurant. I'm going there. Uh, a horse farm and an equestrian center and a, a strategy and, and coaching company. Tony is a founder of Noble Us, a new tech e-commerce ecosystem that is set to launch and change the game in the new emerging technologies and economies. He's involved with the UN G100 program, raising awareness and supporting gender equality. Uh, Tony is the founder of the Get Up and Grow movement, which helps people share their stories of resilience, survival, and breakthroughs. He does this through in-person events, podcasts, and social media, daily shows he runs on his social audio app, Clubhouse, on the social audio apps, Clubhouse. He speaks about success in all areas of life and how to get there. Tony has many successes and failures as well. He believes failure is an essential part of success. And every time we fail, we have an opportunity to once again, get up and grow. 
Tony has been involved in personal development for over 20 years, three years. His journey has been long and at times arduous, or artists, uh, and truthful as he learned from many mentors such as Tony Robbins, Les Brown, Jim Rohn, Wayne Dyer, Brendan Burchard, Zig Ziglar, Gary Vee, and many others. Tony believes it's his social responsibility to share the knowledge that he has garnered over the years because what good is knowledge if you don't put it to use and share that knowledge and your talents with the world? Tony currently lives in New York on his gentleman's farm. We're gonna talk about that with his wife and two boys and continues to run and grow his real estate organization. He is also a Tony Robbins trainer, um, which we have a lot in common on that one and a certified high performance coach and neuro-linguistic um, uh, programmer practitioner, NLP. One of the greatest gifts uh, we've ever been given is potential and one of the greatest gifts we can give is to tap into it and use it for yourself and for the good of others. And then if everyone did that a little, no one would have to do a lot. So with having said all that, and I'm tired already, is I want to welcome my great guest, a good friend, brother from New Jersey, uh, Tony Rodriguez. Welcome, brother, to uh, Live Courageously. What's up, brother? Listen, I, I was under the impression you were going to shorten that. I sent you the long version. I'm like, hey, take what you want. I didn't realize you were going to read the whole thing. No, that that was the shortened version. I'd be going for another half hour if I did the long one. Oh, my God. Uh, well, sorry about that. Well, listen, it's great to be here, brother. Hold on. Let me just make this camera, uh, turn it down a little bit. How you doing, man? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a heck of a ride. It's good to see you. Good to to hear your voice again. It's been too long. Yes, it has been. We, you know, I always start the show out with with two questions, and so I'm going to ask them of you. Um, and it's been a while. The first one is if you remember the first time we met and where. Uh, we were in Chicago for the next impactor uh event with jason cisneros and 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 uh and crew and we were at the top of a building somewhere in a restaurant i don't remember exactly where it was but that's how that's where we first met and then of course we hung out for a couple of days wrapping up with karaoke and you know, some cocktails at the end of it which is a whole nother story i'm sure you're going to tap into that uh, <laughs> and then and then uh you know we've been to other events together you know we, i remember we went to um to the Joseph McClendon event, and you know we got to hang out with uh, with Dana, and and so it's been it's been a, a great time. Every time we get together, it's 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 special for sure. So good to be here with you, brother. Well, but and then we also did Florida as well, right? That's right, that's right. We did the Unstoppable event in Florida with Jason and the gang again, yes. uh, which was which was amazing because again, it is about being unstoppable, and I love the name of your show, man. Um, to live courageously, you know, I just. So I make, uh, I, I hear quotes, I see quotes, I remember quotes. I have a, I do not, I do not have a great memory just because of a, of, and you'll probably touch on that, an accident that I had a long time ago that gave me a, a, a TBI, a traumatic brain injury, so it affected my memory. Uh, yet there's these quotes that come into my head that stay there and I don't even remember them until I need them. And and when I said I live courageously, you know, I, I read something yesterday that uh, rings a bell. And uh, I'm just trying to think of who the author is so that I don't screw it up. Um, yeah, it basically said to live is the rarest thing of all. Most people just exist. Right. And they exist because of the lack of courage to go out and chase their dreams and and not just chase them, but hunt them down and make them theirs. Right. So to, to live courageously 
is it's it's the greatest honor that you can uh, that you can bestow upon yourself and your family and on your creator, right? Because we're we're supposed to be living courageously. We're supposed to be living out our dreams and our, our and not just hiding from our fears, right? Love that hat that you've got in the back. Faith over fear. Absolutely love that. Uh, I lived in fear for so long. For fear of 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 well, listen, growing up, fear of my father, fear of judgment, fear of criticism, fear of uh, of so many different things. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm going in a little too, too fast. You know, I'm, I'm going to take you back, and we're going to we're going to go back to two of those, uh, a few of those things. But I'm going to just throw up a quick picture. This was, and it was kind of great, and it kind of leads into why I started the show too, in a way. But this is the picture of when we were down uh, with the crew with Jason Cisneros and uh, a bunch of other people uh, at uh, Unstoppable in Florida. Well, I'll put it back up one more time. Yeah, no, um, I got it. I got it. <laughs> now you got it. You got it. That's what, put my glasses on. <laughs> now you got all of us. So that was at the event in February 2020. And what was great about it for me was that it was right at the beginning of the pandemic and we just started hearing about it and, you know, we were goofing around about it and you know, it was called coronavirus, And we were like, yeah, get us some Corona's. And, you know, we were, you know, doing that thing. And then, but it, what it did was, I think for me, it put us in that unstoppable courageous mindset that took us through the next two years. And when everybody, when fear became such a dominant thing in, in the society, the culture, the media, you know, I, I think I walked away from that event super strong because I had that thing that that we were unstoppable. We weren't stupid. We were smart, but we we definitely weren't going to let fear stop us. We were going to uh, have faith over fear and get out into the world. So that's kind of what eventually led me to start this show, because I think people needed to and need to hear the message of the way to have a, a, a good life, a happy life, a successful life is to uh, go through fear and, and be courageous and not let fear stop you. Um, it, it, it's a warning sign. You take it and then you keep moving. So, you, you know, you were talking about that and we could jump back to, you know, you, you had a lot of experiences with fear growing up. And then, of course, a, a near death experience uh, in 18 being in a car accident, which kind of is enough to put you into a, a, a fear space. So tell us about that. Tell us about your journey from how that affected you and, and go anywhere you want with this. You're interestingly... You know, first of all, the thing that stops us is fear. It's fear of judgment. It's fear of criticism. It's fear of what others will think. And, you know, the others, oddly enough, the others we're worried about aren't the people that are closest to us. It's the others. It's the who are, who are they? Who are they? Who are those other people? Because oftentimes we disregard the people that are closest to us out of and we, we care more about other people's opinions, meaning the others that don't really matter because I'm a believer of everyone matters and nobody matters. And those who really matter are those that are closest to us that we love, respect, that love and respect us, that we look up to. Um, and I love quoting uh, Dr. Seuss. Right. And that is that, you know, the, those who, who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Right. So we forget that and we live small in an effort to, protect ourselves from the opinions of others and the opinions of those who really matter least, right? So we spend so much of our life trying to prove people wrong 
for those of us who actually step into and decide that we're going to try to prove people wrong, the, the others, the those people that don't really matter as much, what we need to start doing is be acting courageously, stepping into our power and proving people right, right? Let's stop trying to prove people wrong and prove people right. Because the reality of it is the, the thing that stops us, that stops you, that stops me, stops all of us is fear. Fear of, of again, of judgment. And we stop ourselves. So um, that that's definitely something that I've uh, learned to overcome. And I'm still overcoming because, listen, you know, they say, well, you got you got to you got to be fearless. And I'm going to break that one down and say life is not about being fearless. Because courage isn't the absence of fear. And you've, I'm sure you've you've touched on this and many guests, many guests have said this on your show before, because courage is not the absence of fear. It's having fear and doing it anyway. Because if it's not scary, then it didn't take any courage to do it. It takes courage to jump out of the plane for the first or second or fifth time. But if you're a paratrooper, you've jumped out a thousand times. It's a thrill. It's not courageous to do it anymore. Right. So courage is when fear is present and you do it anyway. And again, going back. Life is not about being fearless. It's about fearing less. Same word. Break it up. It's not about being fearless, about fearing less. You know, and one of the things, and look, I'm much more spiritual than I am religious, but I do know this, that the words have no fear shows up in the Bible 365 times. That's right. That's one for every day of the year, with the exception of leap year. I think they missed that one. <laughs> uh, but the reality of it is, you know, it's, it's not about living in fear. It's living in faith. Right. It's living in faith because that. then again, I love that half faith over fear because both faith and fear demand that you believe in something you can't see. Can you right. see faith? No. Can you see fear? No. So you have to choose to believe in one or the other. And the reality is something like 98% of the things we fear never really come to pass. So why are we living in fear? Why are we playing small for fear of judgment of others when, listen, the reality is most people are more worried about themselves and how they think you're perceiving them than they are about perceiving you. So it's about getting to the other side of that and, and caring less and less about other people's opinions. There's a saying that says, when you stop giving a darn about other people's opinions, you start to get to a dangerous level of freedom. Because mm-hmm. only when we're really truly free from that opinionitis and that fear of, of, of judgment from other people, that fear of criticism, that's when we're truly free. Because until then, we're living somebody else's under somebody else's rule, under somebody else's idea of how you should be. And criticism, by the way, we all fear criticism. Here's, here's a great one. People should write this one down. Criticism is the tax you pay for success. And until you're ready to pay that tax, you might not be ready for what it is you say you want, right? So I'm going to go back to what you were talking about and slow me. You got to slow me down. Otherwise, I just keep Let going. me just jump in one quick second. Then I'm going to take, and you, you're, well, you're going to take me back to your, the car crash, right? right? And take me forward. But like what you were saying, and, and then I'm going to jump ahead and we'll, we'll cover this later, but too, but like you said, fear is something, it's not being fearless, it's uh, knowing the fear and moving forward anyway. And both of us had a similar experience. My life changed uh, with Tony Robbins, you know, and I say I grew up in in the South Bronx, a bad neighborhood, but I wasn't like super consciously courageous. I was in survival mode. I survived whatever life threw at me, but I wasn't consciously choosing to be courageous. I was just like, just, you know, finding a way not to die. But when I, my first, I would say, uh, time that I chose consciously to be courageous was when I did a fire walk. Cause then I said, okay, that fire in the ground, I can burn my feet. I got soft feet. I'm going to get burned. 
And now I had a decision. Do I have faith that I can get across like the rest of the people who got across? Or do I, I go with fear? And so the two choices were there, faith or fear. And I chose faith and I walked across the hot coals and then done it many, 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 many more times like you have. But that was a conscious decision to choose that. And that transformed and changed my life. And we'll come back to that because you teach it, you train it, you do all that. But before we get ahead of ourselves, back to 18, the car crash, the beginning of your journey. So, you know, growing up, as you mentioned, uh, when you're reading my bio, I had I did not have a happy childhood, quote unquote. I mean, there were good moments. I'm not going to say that it was all dark, but there was more darkness than light. Uh, I'll say that I was I was brought up being told that I would never amount to anything. I was no good. You know, just about everything that we want to tell our kids and, and preach to our kids and encourage them. I kind of got the opposite of that. Um, so I didn't have a good time growing up. And as you mentioned before, you know, at, at 16, I was suicidal on more than one occasion. And, you know, I never I never acted on it because I always said, who's going to tell my mom I'm dead? Mm. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I decided and I don't know how at what point that that happened, if it was before my accident, or after the accident, um, you know, I had decided that I wouldn't give anything or anyone the uh, the, the satisfaction of my demise. <laughs> so I'm going to say that and make sure that everybody gets that. Don't give anything or anyone the satisfaction of your demise because that is the ultimate failure. You don't fail until you give up, right? And if you're up against something and you do that, not only do you do you give them the win, it's the ultimate victory for anything or anyone or any situation that's trying to get the best of you. You gave them a win. But not only that, what effectively you've done is you've multiplied your pain times a thousand and force fed it to those people that love you the most. So I'd encourage you, if you're having any of those thoughts, reach out to somebody Heck, reach out to John, reach out to me, reach out to somebody because somebody's out there willing to help you that has already been down the road that you've been, have been in the fight that you're in right now. And there's people that are there willing to help and speak to you about it. So make sure you don't do that because again, you do things and that winds up affecting the people that you love the most that they'll never really truly recover from it. Always wondering what could have I done? What could have, what could have I done or what should I have done? You know? So if you're thinking about that, don't. Uh, so fast forward, I have this, this, you know, I like to say that God has a sense of humor, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I know he's laughed at me many times. Oh my goodness. <laughs> at 18, I had a massive car accident. I'm not going to get into the mechanics of the accident. Let's just say that there's a four letter word that saved my life. Mm. As I turned to my cousin who was driving and screamed it out and I was ejected from the car Oof. because I turned to him. My hips, actually, I went out the windshield, out of the windshield, but I came back in, which caused even more trauma. Well, wow. probably not as much as if I had actually gone out because I would have hit the van we hit and I would have been dead. But I went out and so I had severe facial trauma, head trauma, shoulders, head, shoulders, knees and toes kind of thing. And um, I don't remember much. I remember just being disoriented. And then I remember kind of coming to, right, coming to in the hospital, looking down at my body from about 15 or 20 feet up and just saying, Four letter word. I am like, fuck, who's going <laughs> to tell my mom I'm dead? Mm. Which was really kind of the same thing that happened, you know, two years prior, except it didn't happen. Um, and the reality of it is, it wasn't scary. For the first time, I felt peace. It was a, it was a very strange experience. Mm. And I think that most people that have had that experience will explain it as a very peaceful not scary, not hot, not cold, just mm. there. It wasn't scary. I just looked down. I, the, the, the only, the only thing I felt bad about was my mom. That's why I, I, I thought about. 
Wow. Tell her that I died. And then of course I, you know, I had the black tunnel white light, you know, and my name's being called and I'm rushing towards the light and there's images flashing as I'm, as I'm going through this, this dark tunnel. And there wasn't much to see because I would have died without having lived. I was just 18. I think I'd been to one movie. Wow. Trouble for it. I'd never had a girlfriend. I never played sports because just that's not what happened. I've been working since I was 11, you know, part-time job anyway. And then Mm -hmm. that part-time job became almost a full-time job by the time I graduated out of high school. Um, So life would, I would have died without having lived. I would have, I was in survival mode. So as you mentioned earlier, when you were reading my bio is I decided if I was going to die tomorrow, I would live today because life is not to just to be survived. I don't want to just survive. Right. Almost like Oscar Wilde's comment, the rarest thing of all is to in the world is to live. Right. Because most people just exist. I don't want to just exist. I want to experience life. I want to taste life. I want to travel. I want to I want to experience new things and places and foods. And because ultimately when we die, the only thing we leave behind is not what we leave for people. It's what we leave in people. It's the impact that we leave, the imprint that we leave on people's hearts and the change that you were able to make in somebody's life. Not how much money you leave, not, not anything. It's the impact that you leave is, 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 is the imprint in somebody's heart and, and their life. So just, 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 excuse me for interrupting, Tony, say that one more time. Cause I think that that is so powerful. And I think for people to realize that's really what, if you're remembered for that, you did great. Um, not the other stuff. So say that one more time about the impact. I mean, right. I just think that's so powerful. Thank you. And I will tell you, I will remind you that this is completely unscripted. So I'm going to try to say it again. <laughs> and maybe I'll remember it too. So. <laughs> so ultimately, what we leave behind, it's not what we leave for people. It's what we leave in people. Right. It's the impact that we're leaving on their lives, the imprints on their hearts, not just their wallets. Because you know what? You can leave a lot of money and it's gone in an instant. It can even destroy people's lives. But it's the impact that you leave. It's the impact. Whose lives were you able to help? Who were you able to, to, to save? Who's, whose life were you able to shift? What were you able to accomplish? Were you able to drill some wells in Africa? Or were you able to save whatever you're passionate about? What were you able to do to contribute to humanity? Because we're all here. We're tasked with leaving this world a better place. You know, one of my favorite quotes, which you read towards the end, is that the greatest gift we've ever been given is the gift of potential. And the greatest gift we can ever give back is to tap into it and use it, not just for ourselves and our families, but for other people. Because what good is acquiring this knowledge and and wealth and acquiring all of these things? It's like getting the cure for cancer, saving yourself and your family, and then burning the recipe, right? It's about what you're going to give, pay it forward, leaving this place better than you found it. So ultimately, that's what it is. That was a journey that I kind of embarked on. Again, the journey of, 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 of living life and, and, and not living in fear and going after what I wanted and overcoming the fear, overcoming the challenges and not care as much about what other people think about me than what I think about myself. And that was an ongoing journey into my 40s, right? Because these are things that there's so many things that we go through that it imprinted in us. You're not good enough. You're stupid. You're this, you're that. It takes years. And, and I'll just say this, one of the worst uh, uh, limericks that I think we've all said thousands of times as kids and people still say today, and I say, stop, that is nonsense, that is bullshit. 
is this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Holy mm. shit, is that a lie? Mm. Because sticks and stones will break your bones, but you'll heal. The skin will heal, the bones will heal. And guess what? That bone won't even break again in the same place because it's stronger after it healed. But words, words cut deep. And there's people that spend their lives underneath those heavy words that were given to them at the wrong time. And they can never get out from under them because they didn't do the work or they didn't surround themselves with the people that are going to lift them higher. So they're forever known as a stupid person or dumb, not good enough, not worthy, unlovable, unlikable. You're a piece of garbage. You're going to be nothing but whatever. And we've all heard that. God knows I heard them all. But it's about getting out from under those words because those words, man, those words break bones, break dreams, break. They break you. And so many people wind up when they when they when they actually wind up coming up against something and fail and they say, I knew it. I ain't good enough or I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. And then they give up. So. And I forget who it was that said this. It may have been uh, Earl Nightingale or something uh, that, that, that said this. So many people die at 25 and only get buried at 75 and say they lived 50 years, but they didn't. They lived the same year 50 times. Why? Because they get up against that, that challenge, that problem, and they prove somebody right because of the mistake that they made. They give up on their dreams and they stop going after what they want. They stop believing in themselves. And they feel small and they say, I knew it. See, they were right. And then they stay there and they live the same year, 50 years in a row. And they die many times unhappy, unfulfilled. You know, they say that the, 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 the cemetery is the, the richest place in the world because of all the unwritten books and uh, unwritten songs and uh, unsung, uh, you know, all those all of those things, those 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 ideas and thoughts that never came to fruition because of the words that we hear. Because the words that we speak are so powerful and people don't understand this. Well, you is know, that and, and, and one of the things, too, uh, somebody that we both learned from uh, and mentioned in your uh, bio, Les Brown, you know, yeah. he, told, he tells a story, you know, he was and not just the words, but the labels that people give them or give people when they give you a label that becomes your identity. And, you know, when he shares a powerful story that he was um, uh, I forget exactly the turn uh, terminology of the label they gave him, but something about it about mentally, emotionally uh, retarded or something like that, which basically said that he would never succeed. He would never be anything. And he had a teacher when, when the teacher asked him to do work, he said, well, I can't do it because I'm this label. And, and he uh, laid out the label to the teacher and the teacher basically kind of screamed at him and said, don't let anybody's labels ever be you. You're not that. You're more than that. You have greatness in you. And of course, Les Brown's message of that we all have greatness in us is so powerful because, you know, it's like, don't put labels on yourself, but don't let, especially don't let other people put limiting labels on you that prevent you from being all you can be. And that's kind of the same message that you're just sharing with yeah. this whole thing besides the words, you know, it's just, that's so important because you, if you're going to get up and grow and you're going to go, for, like you say, and go for your greatness, you need to realize you have greatness in you. And when anybody gives you a label to limit you, tell them that's your label, not mine. I love so keep it. Going, brother. You know, and I'm going to come back to that in a second because I just wrote down words matter because that's how I have to I have to write down some words. Otherwise, I lose them. But along those lines, and I'm going to share another powerful story with you along the lines of Les Brown. But I think this one is worth sharing. Uh, and I believe it. I believe and don't quote me, but I think it was Thomas Edison. Uh, 
you know, he was going to school and his mom, uh, I, th I think he was raised by a single mom. I'm not 100% sure now. I wasn't planning on sharing this story, but you just sparked this. Um, and he, so he got a letter from school one day. And, you know, little, little, little Tommy came home and gave mom the letter. And, you know, the letter, uh, she read the letter and he says, mommy, what does it say? It says, well, son, it says that, that um, your son is too advanced and too smart and you must educate him at home. You must homeschool him because we're not equipped to handle his intelligence and his level of ability. So unfortunately, he's not able to come to school anymore. Please teach him at home. So she taught him at home. She homeschooled him. And he went on to become Thomas Edison, an inventor. Wow. Right? This person that's created so many amazing things. And years and years later, he found the letter that he had given his mom. And he opened the letter. And the letter said that, that he, was, he was dumb. And she, they believed him to be mentally retarded and didn't have the mental ability to keep up with his, with his schoolmates. So they were dropping him from school. Now, wow. imagine she had read that letter to him. No kidding. Imagine how the words would have landed had she not been that forward thinker. That's right. Because the words we use matter so much and people don't understand, you know, what, 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 how I grew up and what I went through, you know, and as many people have, I mean, I'm not unique. I'm not a special flower, so to speak. Right. But a lot of people go through that. They just didn't have the opportunity to go and, and, and work through it. They didn't have someone who said, no, that's not the way. Here's a different way. Because words matter. Words sure. matter so much because the words we speak wind up becoming the house that we live in. And the words we speak to other people matter. If I say something to you, John, you know, or I say something to you now, you're like, whatever, because you're who you are. You're strong in who you are. But if I said it to, to a little Johnny that's 7, 8, 10, 12, 15 years old, and I said something that was disempowering and I was in a position of authority, you're going to believe it. You're a teacher, I'm a parent, I'm a priest, I'm whatever, someone of authority, you're going to believe it because that's how the programming starts early on. So we have a lot of these words that are pre-programmed into ourselves. You know, that leads into, you know, one of the things that I've learned with my, from my mentor, Tony Robbins, is what's your primary question? And we're not going to get into the whole primary question thing, except that oftentimes when we're faced with a challenge, we wind up asking ourselves that primary question or we measure everything that's happening in life against that question. And many times for people is, am I worthy? Right. Oh, nice. <laughs> is, am I worthy? Am I, worthy? Uh -huh. you know, and, and, and that's because of the words that we were given when we were young. So I'll encourage everybody to watch the words that come out of your mouth, because the, the words that we speak wield so much power. It can either strengthen that inner warrior, strengthen that inner child, strengthen that king or queen, or it can weaken that that warrior. It can weaken that sovereign in you. It can weaken that child. Therefore, having you show up as a smaller, dimmer version of you, right? And then you, instead of taking care of yourself, you beat yourself up more often than not. And it's important that we practice self-care because self-care is everything. If you love yourself, you're going to show up different to your children. Well, let me pivot a little bit uh, and I'll come back because you, you went on a journey as an entrepreneur and built a bunch of businesses and real estate and construction and a bar and restaurant and all those things. But I'll come back to that because we have so, so much time. But I want to get you into the other piece of what you your journey was when you, you've been in personal development for 23 years. You mentioned Tony Robbins as one of your mentors. Um, there's a couple, a lot of other people you work with. I'm going to throw up a couple of pictures of some of the other people, you know, you can see and hear um, just some other uh, folks that you've 
uh, work with or, or just another group of uh, mentors besides Tony. And then, of course, you know, here's you doing uh, that thing that uh, we did, the fire walk. So, you know, what got you into um, personal development? And then tell us about that journey, because who you are today with Get Up and Grow and with all the, the speaking you do and the coaching you do. I mean, you're changing li- you change lives. You, you, you're always there for people. Um, what got you to be that person who became a leader in personal development and transformation and inspiration? How, how did Tony Rodriguez from New Jersey, I mean, of all places, to, to become a... Uh, what's that? From Newark, New Jersey. To Newark, New Jersey. Hey, that, well, that, that, that's, that makes it better because the South Bronx and Newark, well, you know, we're, 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 it's like we're two cities. We're two cities. Uh, sisterly cities. Yeah, right. I got it. Right. But well, go ahead, man. I think that um, ultimately, you know, when I found Tony Robbins, um, I, my first exposure to him, I was probably 24, 25 years old. I had already seen some success in my life. I was just opening up a real estate office at 24 or 25. Uh, and I went to a one day event where he was one of many, several speakers. And I listened to him and I, it was it was kind of interesting and enthralling. Uh, yet I had so much going on and both between finances being tight, starting a new company and everything else. I didn't pursue it until I was 28. When I was 28, I went to see Tony for the first time in person at a, at a, at a UPW, a four-day event, his, his uh, entry-level entry level course, we'll call it. If you've never done it, absolutely worth it. Just check out UPW, Tony Robbins, go to Tony Robbins. 100%. Um, yeah, Tony Robbins. Life-changing. Life absolutely life-changing. So I went to this event, and I learned a couple of things there that really started to shift my life. Number one is what you focus on. Where focus goes, energy flows. And what you focus on, you experience. You know, a lot of th- people think about the bad things that happen in their life. And the bad things are always available, but so are the good ones. You're going to have right. bad things happening. And two really good ones, you can choose to focus on the good instead of the bad. And what That's you right. focus on is what you're going to experience. That's number one. And then the other one was that life is happening for you and not to you. Oof. Let me tell you, that one phrase changed my life. Because as I look back and I blamed so much and was willing to give up everything to not have had that accident that came to derail my life and to, 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 to upset my life and hurt my body and memory and everything else. And, you know, the childhood that I had and everything else. And, you know, when I heard that, I'm like, holy crap, you know, that accident didn't come to knock me off my path. It came to knock me onto the course I should have been on the whole time. Mm. You know, I may not have had the, the father of the childhood that I wanted, but I got exactly what I needed to have to be the father, the husband that I am today, right? right? Everything that we go through is preparing us for what it is we say we want. And so that's life happening for us. And those two things really catapulted me and gave me just a different mindset shift. And to answer your question, the reason I started going to Tony Robbins is because I was trying to deal with some of the challenges that I was facing emotionally, uh, mentally, physically in business, the blockages that we all suffer, the negative self-talk, the, the negative belief systems, uh, so many of those things that we need to work through what personal development's really about, right? It's about discovering who you are, knowing why you do act, react, and say the things that you do. Because once you can figure yourself out, then it's that much easier to understand and figure out why other people say, do, and act, and react the way they do. So it becomes a communication thing. So I went to first UPW, second one, third one, because maybe I'm a slow learner, right? And then, I, <laughs> and then I, I, I went further and I did all of the programs and I showed up as crew to volunteer to help other people go through the events. And then I became you know, part of the senior leadership. And then they made me a trainer a few years ago, which has been a blessing. All The whole ride has been a blessing. I've been 
uh, fortunate to be put in difficult situations in front of good people that were going through difficult situations. And I was just blessed to be there to help them through some of the dark, darkest moments of their lives. Um, you know, whether it be just, you know, a, a myriad of things, everything from PTSD to suicide, to murder, suicide, to all kinds of different challenges that people deal with in their lives from relationships and physical, there's just, it, it's, it's a plethora of things. And many times it's just getting over uh, the BS, right? The belief systems that we have, the bullshit belief systems that we have as to why we can't have, why we don't have what it is we say we want. And so it's just been an evolution, right? So I've always been in the search of what's next. What's that next level? How can I improve my life? And then again, as I learn, I share that knowledge, that wisdom with other people, because again, what good is it if you don't share it, right? So that's what my journey has been about. And I, I'm still involved with, uh, with the organization. I still a trainer with Tony and, and, and I'm honored to be part of that elite team. Um, and I'm a big a proponent of, 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 of taking people through it. As a matter of fact, even my own one-on-one -on -one clients that I work with as, you know, the executives or entrepreneurs or whatever, whoever they are, I encourage them to go to a Tony Robbins event because a lot of the things that I teach, I've learned from so many different places, including my own life's experiences. Yet so many of the, of, of the lessons I've learned has been because of the tutelage of Tony Robbins and, the reality of it is um, being in search of who you are and what your mission is ultimately, uh, it's just been part of who I am and who I've become. So I'm happy to be on this journey. Well, you know, I, I, I uh, echo what you said, because like for me, when I did that uh, weekend, uh, uh, Unlimited Power weekend, the four days with the fire walk, you know, I was at a stuck point in my life and I was working in the post office as a mail handler, night shift you know, I was doing some things good and I was doing some things wrong. And, and you know, for me, the thing that stuck, there, there was so much, but, you know, one thing was a message of take hundred percent responsibility for your life. And that message was like, okay, so it's on me, the good, bad, and ugly that I'm creating in my life is on me. It ain't on anybody else. So if I'm creating bad, me, if I'm creating good, me. So what do I want to create? And now the full response. And it changed my life that weekend. I, stop using drugs. I never use drugs ever again for the rest of my life. It was a, a life-changing thing. And from that point, I said, I'm going for my dreams. So it planted the seeds. And then of course it was a struggle to, you know, achieve those dreams. It wasn't like, Hey, you get it overnight. You, you have to put in the work, you hustle, you, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a struggle forward. Um, and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose, but it was, it was the, for me, who I am today, I credit with that one weekend, it changed my life for the better. And like you said, then you give back because, you know, you get all these um, new mindsets, new belief systems, and you're able to share them with others, encourage others to be the best they can be. So that was the other gift, because if it was just for me, eh, that would be OK. But that's not what it's about. It's about to share it with others, to take it out just like you uh, have done with your life and, and continue to do, because that's when you know you're making a difference and you got a gift. And if you got a gift, what's the gift for to share the gift? You know, so, right? Right. I, I want to touch on it before you, you move away from that. Oh, yeah, please, please. I just want to talk about what the 100% responsibility looks like and what it means. It means what happened to you might not have been your fault, but your response is yours. That's right. right. You were not the cause. Perhaps you weren't there for the cause, but what happened afterwards, you could. How are you Correct. reacting? Are you reacting or are you responding? Are you thinking or are you just a knee-jerk reaction? Are you allowing it to knock you down or to build you up? Is it going to stop you or is it going to be fuel in your tank, right? So all of those things, and it is about uh, uh, accepting massive responsibility for whatever is going on in your life. And then, of course, forgiveness. 
forgiveness is a huge part of being able to grow beyond your limitations, beyond those limiting thoughts, beyond those words. It's forgiveness of perhaps the person that, that hurt you, the situation, the person that said those words. Forgiving yourself, right? Forgiving, forgiving God, the universe, your creator, whoever it is. And there are people who say, well, I don't need to forgive him. You're right, you don't. However, when, when somebody says something bad happens, you say, why God, why did it happen to me? Well, <laughs> you're kind of casting a little blame. Right. right. Don't think about that. But it's about forgiving God. But part of that, before you forgive yourself, you've got to accept responsibility for what your role was in that. And depending what situation, I know there's a lot of crazy situations out there. Yeah. While whatever happened may not have been your fault. So you can't take responsibility for what happened. That's right. If just for a split second, you take responsibility for the fact that you were just alive at the right wrong time in the wrong place. Just own that because it may not have been your fault. But how can you forgive yourself if you don't own it even just a little bit. So just for a split second, own it so you can forgive it, let it go, and then be grateful for the lessons that life brings you, not necessarily for what happened, right? Because as, as you see here next to my name, Get Up and Grow, it's a movement that I started that it's about helping people grow through what they go through. Because until you grow through what you go through, you keep going through it. You keep experiencing the pain until you grow through that. And how do you grow through it? It's by learning the lesson that life was trying to teach you. And then beyond that, and then you can move past it. But if you just move past it without finding the gift, because the gift in that lesson is the next level. That's where forgiveness helps you get to. That's where gratitude helps you get. And again, gratitude and forgiveness are the two express pathways to happiness. Well, thanks for taking going deeper with that, because I think that those... Um distinctions are important for people to understand and, and well put, man. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm like going, yeah, man, give me another hour. I need some more time with you, but I know <laughs> I a feeling this was going to go a little deeper and, and I know I yeah. talk a lot, so you've got to, you've got to keep me off, uh, you know, in the rails. Otherwise I go off the rails. Hey, no, you know, not even off the rails, man. You, you just go deep into stuff. And, and I think when people hear it and people hear it later, you know, I, I think the, the information and the wisdom in it, is worth going deeper. So, I mean, thank you for doing that. You know, I, I just want to get covered so much today and then we'll find another way to cover some more, but just to throw up some two pictures and have you talk about both of those now is this one is a, a show that you do on clubhouse, um, which is with Jason Cisneros, which is um, business principles as part of your get up and grow on the clubhouse app. That's one thing that, you know, I would like you to talk about. And the other thing is that new endeavor that we mentioned earlier on, which is uh, Noblest, um, and that's uh, another endeavor that you're doing with Jason that you just created. So, because I don't want you to run out of time on those two things, but you know, maybe start with the Clubhouse and then get into the Noblest. Sure. Well, Clubhouse, is and I pronounced it right. Not bad for a bronze guy, right? Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so Noblest is a social media audio app that was created in uh, 2020, end of 2020. Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's a social media audio app and you go on, it's almost like having a podcast or having a show, except people are in the stage, they can come up, ask questions, and it's just this little picture and you unmute and speak about it. But it's a great platform for people to be able to learn and ask questions of experts and people that are doing what it is you say you want to do and perhaps living the life you want to live or whatever, whatever that looks like. And there's, you know, there's plenty of, of nonsense that happens just like in every social media app yet. Uh, the rooms that I run, I do run two rooms. One started off at with with uh, 
friend of mine that was the president of Success Magazine. So we had the success room for a while. Now it's just the get up and grow room talking about success in every aspect of life. And that runs Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 8.30 Eastern. Um, and then, of course, with Jason, I do this room, which is business principles, just talking strictly business about business and business theories and practices and, and, and techniques and strategies and so many different things. We recently just spoke about this Saturday is what business are you in? What business are you really in? Because sometimes the business we're in it, that we think we're in is actually not the business we're in at all. It may look that way, but if you dig deeper, what does that ultimately mean? So we go deeper into those business principles because there's a lot of technology that happens and there's a lot of things that innovate and you can implement all of these things into your business. Yet, if you don't dig down deep into the principles, into the standard operating procedures, into, into your, your, your corporate structure, into setting things up properly, then it doesn't matter you, you, you run the risk of growing too fast. And therefore, if it burns too, too, too hot, it burns out. So the business principles room is an absolute game changer. That's at nine o'clock from nine to about 11 um, on Saturday mornings, Eastern Standard Time. So I encourage everybody to jump in and join us. You can always just, the way you see my name up here, if you just go into, into the Clubhouse app and type in hashtag get up and grow, you'll find the club and you can uh, jump in with that. Now, the thing that we're working on, Noblest is a project that we're really excited about. We've been working on it for nearly two years. We're about ready to launch. It's a new e-commerce uh, ecosystem, more like an e-commerce marketplace where we're giving people the ability to uh, be their own boss, have their own business. Excuse me, let's take a sip. Because... <clears throat> We're, we're heading into some uncertain times, right? Not to focus on what's negative or anything else, yet the reality of it is we're in unstable times. You know, one of the things that you can look back historically is the middle class is the backbone of this country. Without the middle class, the chasm between the lower class and the upper class is so great that it's hard to, to breach that gap. So it's about helping support the middle class. And 2007, 2008, during that last crisis, if the average U.S. family made an extra five to six hundred dollars. They could have avoided foreclosure. They could have avoided bankruptcy. Could have been the operative word, of course. They could have avoided that. So what we're trying to do is what we're working on and what we are doing is we're giving people the power of e-commerce, giving them the opportunity to own a business without having to make the capital investment. The biggest challenge with people not having their own business or not starting an online e-commerce business is they don't have the money that it takes to create a website, a really true website costs thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars to really create a, a, a really great uh, uh, marketplace where it's functional, not just information. So you don't need to have the resources. You don't need to have the connections. You don't need to make a purchase, a purchase uh, a product and warehouse it, pull, pack, ship. You don't have to worry about returns, customer service, any of that. We've created this platform where we, where the, the person in between, we're helping you create this online website and we're the bridge between the, the manufacturers where we're giving you for $799 one-time setup fee, which by the way, we're waiving, we're waiving that until we have our launch. We're waiving the setup fee of $799. Then you've just got a monthly maintenance fee to keep the lights on, so to speak, $59 a month. Uh, and you can have your own business, a turnkey business with a million products loaded load onto the system. And the biggest difference that we have among others is that, it's the products that you're buying every day anyway, literally from toilet paper to toothbrushes and copy paper and journals and pens and reading glasses, whatever you can think of. And we're paying the store owner 70% of the profit that Noblest makes. We're paying back to the store owner. So we're giving the power of, of e-commerce, putting a little bit of that power back in individuals' hands. 
Uh, we're also helping support U.S.-based businesses, right? Because this is a, this is U.S.-based for now until we go global. But we give people the opportunity. It's the easiest way to sell online. You can you can literally log on and set, have your store set up in five minutes. And of course, we haven't launched yet. It's launching the next couple of weeks. But we're excited to say that we've already got over four thousand people signed up. And I'll give you the link if you go to noblis.com forward slash partners forward slash liberty and put in the code grow and you'll be able to sign up for a free store. I'll put this up at the end, all your contact information, including Nobilis. Um, but Tony, one of the things maybe I will do uh, and go a little deeper, I haven't done a, um, a podcast with two people at the same time, but I'd love to probably maybe do one with Jason and you, both great brothers of mine, and have you both just talk about this so we could spend time um, have you explain it, how people can get involved, start a business, profit from it and, and take advantage of this opportunity. So maybe I'll reach out to Jason as well yeah. and maybe, you know, get the two of you guys on and just purely spend an hour talking about, you know, uh, the whole concept behind it, the practice of how to do it, you know, how you can build it, why you're doing it and use that as an opportunity to give that uh, push that out there. Cause I think you can, you guys are both doing something good with a great purpose, obviously. And, you know, I, uh, I respect both of you highly. So I think it'd be a, a cool thing to do a show. I appreciate it. Cause you know, the reality is so many people are tired of the big mega corporations, the Walmarts, the, the Amazons, the, the, all the big companies that are out there hurting the little guy. This is giving the little guy back a little bit of power. Right. Uh, and it's, we, it's, it's about social entrepreneurship. It's about ethical capitalism. Imagine that ethical capitalism. Right. <laughs> and get this. It's an e-commerce platform. We're actually going to have a, a real live in-person customer service team that you can actually call and solve problems and take care of things. So we're doing things a little bit different. It is about giving people a little bit of power back. And you can do that just by giving them the opportunity to earn a little bit of money um, and showing them that there's another way. And of course, there's a huge, huge component of, of social entrepreneurship there where we're contributing back. We're encouraging people to contribute back parts of their uh, of, of, of their profits if they choose to to a charity of their choice uh we're donating stores to 501c3s and uh and religious organizations and everything else to help them also raise money just by having people buy the products that they're buying on a regular basis anyway it is not a multi-level marketing program by the way this is a straight up e-commerce uh marketplace so we're looking forward to bringing it to the market so we're excited about that for sure Sounds good. Well, I definitely look forward. I, I hope hope we can get a get a chance to get both of you together and, and do a, a, a thing just on uh, that opportunity that you guys are offering. I think it's uh, it sounds cool and it will give people a chance to in our tough economic times that are probably going to get worse before they get better. You know, something to give people a chance to take control of their future as best they can. So 100 percent, 100 percent. Listen, I, I appreciate you, you and your support because I know that you're you, you're joining up. And by the way, I'll make sure that I give you a link so that when somebody listens to this, they can sign up. Because here's the thing. Not only can you sign up for a free store, uh, we don't we're not a multi-level marketing company, but we do have a five percent affiliate fee. So right. uh, anyone that would sign up under your show would go underneath the view. And then, you know, the, and the profit that that person would make actually comes from the company dollar, not from their store. So it, again, it's about people helping people ultimately. And if we can do that, as I said earlier, if, if the purpose of what it is that we do is to help good people make more money. And this is, this is a tagline that Jason uses for his company, Anton J, which you know about. Uh -huh. and, and the logo is this. And I, I want to, you know, repeat that because it's such a powerful statement. It's about helping good people make more money so they can have more time to do more good. 
right? Because again, if we all did a little bit, nobody would have to do a lot. So it's about leaving this world a better place, helping as many people as we possibly can. And that's what I'm doing. That's what you're doing here with this show as well, John. And I commend you for that. And I continue to do that and help as many people as possible, light as many candles as possible. Because again, a candle loses nothing by lighting another one, right? As yeah, right on. Matter of fact, it actually gains because if at some point your candle gets blown out or, or the wick is getting short, it's not even that important because there's so much light around you already. And there's others around you that are willing to light your candle back up. Absolutely. Um, anything I'm going to I'm going to shift if you don't mind. We're getting close to the end. I'm going to shift to two front things. But uh, <laughs> at least from for me, I don't know for you, but uh, <laughs> but no, seriously. Um, but before we go there, uh, anything else you want to kind of uh, end up on any message you want to put out? And I, at the end, I'll, I'll put up your contact information everywhere, Tony. Uh, one of the, somebody online just asked, uh, Deborah asked about, she wants to know more about Nobos. So I will get her that information when we get off as well, when you get it to me. But anything you want to uh, kind of add, because you went through a lot of deep stuff with, with, with um, things and, and what you're doing, especially now, anything that you want to give to people as a takeaway that they should, you know, kind of consider uh, for their life going forward in these uncertain times? Well, I would say this. I would say that, one of the most important things is believe in yourself, love yourself, honor yourself, understand that self-care is not selfish. It is essential. And I'm going to give you a twist on that. Self-care isn't, it, it, not only is it not selfish, it's actually selfish not to practice self-care. Because if you're not practicing self-care, you're not taking care of yourself. And if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not showing up as the best version of you. You're showing up as a dimmed down, dumbed down version of you. And that serves nobody. doesn't serve you. doesn't serve your family. doesn't serve the greater good. doesn't help any of us. So I challenge you to take care of yourself, to fill your glass first, to make sure that you're taking care of you. Because when you take care of you, there's more of you to go around. There's more light that you can shine. So practice some more self-care. Love yourself. And show up as the best version of you and help somebody. Maybe the person that you should help is, is look for the person that's going through what you were going through when you were going through it. Because everybody can help somebody. So that's what I'd, uh, I'd like to say is that, um, again, we could indeed help somebody. And, and everybody you know, meet knows somebody you know something you don't. Right. So just keep that in mind. Keep an open mind and uh, just keep listening to John here because he's got some great shows. Uh, thank you, brother. Hey, um, so I'm going to kind of pivot to have a little fun because one of the things me and uh, Tony do ever since I met him, we started out by having fun. And, it, you know, it, it, every time we've gotten together, uh, fun has been a big part of what we do, which I think is a great way to live, man. But, um, you know, he, he talked about early on a gentleman's farm that he has. Now, you know, for me, I don't know what a farm is in the South Bronx. You know, a farm is rats running behind my building. But... Um, as far as Tony going from Newark to this gentleman's farm where he has horses, uh, animals of all types. I, I, I've seen them in a zoo. I think I know what some of them are. But, you know, here you know, he, he raises bees. I mean, he's, he's a beekeeper, you know. And But the, this is the thing, which is like even now, and I, I'm a little bit worried about him. I won't be giving out his address because it's, it's dangerous times. This is also what he has. You may recognize these. Took me a little while. They're called chickens. And uh, then this is what he's, uh, uh, you know, he's got. So he's, he's everybody else 
can't get eggs and he's growing his own. So, you know, I can't give his address out, but I mean, it's, you're amazing with your farm. When I see the pictures of your farm, I'm just like, that's so cool, man. That is so cool what you're doing. And that's just such a big part of your life. So tell us a little bit about that real quick. But uh, I hope you don't mind me. Uh, no, not a problem. problem at all. Well, first of all, I no longer have horses. I did have a horse farm, an equestrian center. I no longer have horses, but my neighbors do. Ah, okay. In, in, uh, in, in actually the equestrian capital or, you know, the um, actually the U.S. equestrian team is actually in the town. Oh, wow. um, and there's more horses per capita in New Jersey than any other state in the union. Go figure that one out. Um, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, huh. Kind of wild. Yeah. But as far as the bees, you know, I, I was born in Portugal. I grew up in Portugal until I was about six years old. And I remember um, that my father had two beehives in the back corner of the garden. And those bees didn't like me. Every time they'd, they, I, I'd look at them, they'd come and they'd sting me. Right. But I do, however, remember uh, the honey. So when I had the opportunity, I got two beehives and two beehives, you know, continued to grow. Now I have nine beehives. So I do harvest a lot of honey and um, I do sell some, but I give most of it away to friends and, and whatnot. Um, and of course, I do have an organic garden because I do like to have, uh, again, have a little self-sufficiency. And I love fresh vegetables and fruits from the garden. So I've got that going on. And yes, I've got chickens and I've got some ducks and they lay eggs. And I do have a pig, but he's uh, he's I wish I can get a pound of bacon out of him every week, but I can't. <laughs> He's uh, he, he hasn't committed yet, nor is he going to, by the way. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so I have a you know, I, I'm blessed to, 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 to live the life that I get to live. Right. It, it's so impressed. You know, like I said, for me as a city boy, man, you know, I see your pictures and I see all that stuff and I'm like that. Very cool. And you are blessed by having all that and having that experience. So and you deserve it. You, you deserve well, it. Man. I want to give my kids a little bit of the culture that I grew up in. You know, uh, in Portugal, life was different. And I, from a small town and even growing up when I'd go back, you know, as tough as life was here, when I'd go back, I'd have the freedom for two or three weeks. You know, it was a lot of great memories uh, of, of family and friends back over there. And, you know, again, the chickens were part of that culture and part of growing up. So I wanted to have that here. So, yeah, I don't run out of eggs. That's good. That's good. He, he, he Everybody else, you're in trouble. Hey, Tony's got it made, man. But. All right, I'm going to go into a place I haven't done on any of my podcasts yet. And, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, jumping off without uh, no parachute. But as we were talking about earlier, uh, when we met in Chicago, it was we had a great time at the seminar. We met some amazing people and meeting Tony and, and we went out and hung out the whole uh, crew. And uh, we went out to a karaoke place. So this is uh, karaoke. And. You know, I'm going to tell a little story. I mean, there was some tequila, tequila involved. Uh, in, in in Tony's case, there might have been more. I don't know. You know, there was, I ain't going to say anything about that. But, you know, once he got the microphone and started uh, singing, it, it took five of us, three men and two women, to get the microphone away from him. It was, it, it was a struggle, man. It was a struggle. But <laughs> do you remember that night? I do. I do. You know, I jokingly say that, you know, people pay me when I sing or actually more correctly, they pay me to stop singing. Uh, and as far as the tequila goes, the more tequila you drink, the better I sound. At least that's the way it works in my mind. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm not going to argue with you because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the host, so I have to agree with you. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so tonight uh, or today, we're going to do something a little oh, bit. No. A little silly. We ain't got no music to go with it, so it's even worse. You know, oh, no. It's bad with music 
it's worse without music. And, and as bad as Tony sings, I'm probably worse. So I'm going to cop to that right up front. But I'm going to take this uh, a song. Uh, you may know who this is, Tony. I'm sure you've seen him at some of your seminars. Yes. Pitbull, yes. I believe. And Pitbull had a song during um, COVID that I loved. You know, that was his theme song, which, you know, it says, you know, what spreads faster than any virus is fear. And when it comes to fear, you can either forget everything and run. I said it or you can face everything and rise. Boom. And then it goes on to say face everything and rise. So we're going to do a little bit of a couple of lines together. You and me. Um, uh, without Tony, music? Uh, say that again. Without without any music. I don't, I, you know, again, I'm oh, man, you get so you're I'm going to start it off. You're going to follow me. And it's online. And this is, if nothing else, this is going to destroy my audience forever. Or <laughs> who knows? So here Everybody we go. Take a shot of tequila. Or at least one, maybe two. So I said, <laughs> say it with me. I believe. Come on, Tony. Say it with say me. Say it with me. I believe. Say it with me. I believe I that believe we will that. win. I believe that we will win. Say it. I believe that we will win. 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 Here's I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. There you go. Right on, man. So the challenge is we're, we're probably completely off key, off tune, because I don't have it in my head to do that. I don't but, either. Uh, but I listen, don't either. But I just wanted to do it in, in honor of that night with you, because it was such a uh, such a blast. We had such a great time. Uh, everybody, uh, Jason and uh, uh, who else was with us? Um, oh, uh, um, my God, the whole crew. We had the whole crew, yes. Yeah. We had, uh, we had um, Emily. We had um, oh, Emily. We had, dude, we had, it was, it was like freaking 30 of us in this small, maybe 24. Well, of yeah, us. then we, we got down to the hardcore, the, the ones who were able to survive. But, right. But and, then it was, was, and then there were seven or eight. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But hey, it was a it was a fun night, and, and once again, it really was. Um, you know, Tony, it's a pleasure always. Every time you know we we've had a chance to get together in person. Um, I love what you do. I love what you continue to do, and how you show up in the world for other people. You know, you introduced me to one of the guests on my show that has a powerful story, Dana. Uh, yeah. And you know, she I had a chance to meet her in person because of you, and she's had a book out called Falling Up. And once again your connection to her and your connection to introducing her to me. I mean, you just, you touch people's lives and I just want to shout out and appreciate you for what you do, man. I appreciate you, brother. I really do. And, and for what you do and how you show up. And again, the fact that, you know, I, I do love spending time with you because you're a freaking riot. I love <laughs> it. Uh, listen, I want to read something that, you know, struck me and I'm going to read it because I, I, I can actually quote part of this, but I don't do all of it. So I pulled it up so I can read it because I think it goes in line with your live courageously show with your faith over fear. So I'm going to read it. And it's a poem. I'm not sure who it's from. Um, but it goes like this. I asked God. I asked strength. I was well, sorry. I asked for strength and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked for wisdom and God gave me problems to solve. I asked for prosperity, and God gave me brawn and brains to work. I asked for courage, and God gave me dangers to overcome. I asked for patience, and God gave me situations where I was forced to be patient. I asked God, uh, I asked for love, and God gave me troubled people to help. I asked for favors, and God gave me opportunities. 
I asked for everything so I can enjoy life. Instead, he gave me everything I could enjoy. I gave me life so I can enjoy everything. I received nothing I wanted and I received everything I needed. Because the reality is, my friends, is that, you know, you want courage, you ask God for courage, you're going to get opportunities to be courageous. Moments to be, to, to have strength in difficult times. Things that are going to scare you, that are going to push you to the next level. So live in faith and not fear. Live courageously. And remember that in courage, it's only one or two seconds. It's in the moment of decision. Right? You don't, you get, you've got to be courageous sometimes just for the moment. So I love this show. I love you, John. Uh, and I love this live courageously, living in faith over fear. And uh, I hope that that poem, even though I, I kind of butchered it reading it a little bit, I hope that that poem uh, landed right for you and for others. Well, I think it was a powerful way to end the show and it did land right. And, and I, uh, it's something to definitely take to heart, man. So thank you for a uh, ending it on that and um, giving us that message to leave with. So thank you, brother. Love you as well, man. I look forward to seeing you in person. Um, we'll both got to work on our singing abilities because people keep telling we got to keep our day job. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, at least we tried, man. You know, at least we tried. We, we oh, were we By the way, sorry about for that because that probably hurt. Um, if I <laughs> listen, you should have at least sent me the song so I could listen to it and get some kind of tune down. I was gonna, you know, I was too busy editing your bio, man. It just. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I'm happy to come back anytime and I'll see if I can have a call with Jason. Yeah, call with Jason. See if we can do, do a show on, yeah, on the yeah. company, man. I'd love to. And once again, thank you, brother. Love you, man. Live courageously. God bless.